He's Ali Albarigo, and this is the School Owner Talk Podcast. Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, schoolownertalk.com. Uh, Ali, great to be with you, sir. Are you there? Looks like I lost you, my friend. See if you can log back on and uh, log off and log back on if you could. Well, anyways, we've got a great uh, a great podcast set up for you today. Um, and in this podcast, we we really talked about Allie and I did you know with regards to you know the time that it is right now with back to school marketing strategies uh, for you. So connecting with the school system is what we're gonna really talk about today. And before we get into that, um, it looks like Allie's trying to get on now. Allie, yes. hey, are you there? I am, I am, I am. Okay, it looks like, there you go, perfect. So I was setting the stage, letting everybody know that we're talking about back-to-school marketing strategies in this part one, because we're going to do a second part uh, next week, but in this part one, talking about connecting with the school systems. But um, I, I wanted to kind of lay the groundwork first, before we get into any tactical things to connect with the school systems, is the fact that, I don't know about you, but when I first got into martial arts uh, with regards to teaching and having a studio and those type of things, I didn't know anything about marketing. Did you? I did. I did, but I was owned a landscape construction company beforehand. Okay. However, though, here's the, here's the caveat. I didn't use any of those marketing skills to market my school because I thought that was wrong. Really? How come? I, I thought, you know, you don't want to be a McDojo. Back then the word wasn't even around. I, you don't want to be a sellout. You should never talk about money programs. It was like a big secret. The business side in my eyes was something that you didn't mention, talk about, be a part of. And you just taught, you were there to teach, you know, you were a martial artist. That's what you did, you know? So um, I, I didn't use any of my marketing skills that I had. And I had, I had run a, you know, close to a million dollar company a year for landscape construction, sometimes more. Okay. All wow. right. That's funny. And now looking back, do you wish you would have oh, uh, implemented? Definitely. That? It didn't take me long, probably about a good two, two years of running a school before I had my eyes opened by a friend. Okay. Yeah. He kind of cool. was like, what are you doing? Like, why, why don't you do it? You know, you know what you're doing. Like, why aren't you, you know, growing your school, talking about business, yada, yada, yada. So I had to really uh, change my mindset when it comes to the martial arts, almost like a whole reprogramming. Yeah. So the interesting thing to me was we did advertising. We, you know, would have a demo team. We'd go and do mm. demonstrations, all those things. But it wasn't, and I can't remember who opened my eyes up to this. I knew, <clears throat> I knew the school system was where all the kids were at. Right. And I, and so just like everybody else, um, I'm like, okay, I need to get in to do school speeches and do those so that I can um, get all these students. Yeah. And before I go into the problem that I had with that, uh, let me just back up and say, when you are, especially for us, what, what's your percentage with regards to 
children and adults in your school, would you say? Depends on what you categorize adults. Like we sometimes in martial arts schools categorize adults with the class, not necessarily the age, meaning like this is my adult class from Friday night from seven to eight. Um, and then we'll put 12 and 13 year olds in that class. So like, I, I think that actual adult membership in my school is maybe like 25%. Um, okay. Youth is the next big group that seven. by the way, in our tournament circuit, the biggest, most popular group of competition in every school. So we know by our divisions and how many people sign up is seven and nine and 10 to 12. That's the largest groups. Those are the groups where we'll have 50, 60, 70 kids competing in the division. So all schools are top heavy in that area. And then the adult enrollment is a lot slower. Yeah. Well, you're doing more than me because I have probably like four or five percent, but I've always been a kids based school. Yeah. Um, So I just I wanted to preface that. Not that, you know, if you're if you have more adults than uh, like Allie does than I do, not that you can't use these concepts. But right. I had somebody and, and, and back in the day, it was called target market. Right. Where, who, where's your, who's your target market? Now it's your avatar, right? It's just the change of words. What's your avatar? Who are you trying to attract? That type of thing. Mm. And, mm. and I think that they're, they both have different definitions to a certain degree, but they basically are coming down to the same thing. So I just wanted to throw out the, the vocabulary, the language and identify some of this stuff as we go forward so that nobody's confused. Um, Cause I know, remember we did a podcast on um, I can get you a hundred leads, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all predicated on the, on the, on the fact that what a lead means. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's good to define the definition because yeah, there's a bunch of marketing companies out there that can get you a hundred leads. That doesn't mean that there's a hundred trials. Right. 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 So understanding what the vocabulary is first, I think is important just so that we've got a framework to work from as we move forward. So uh, with that being said, I, again, I don't know who told me this, but they asked me the question, you know, where, who, who has a list of your target market? Right. Right. The people that fit the avatar that you, you know, want to uh, have in your school. And I thought, well, school systems do. Right. Right. But I thought to myself, well, I'm already doing probably 25, 30, 40 speeches a year at schools. And yeah, I'm getting known by the uh, principal, assistant principal, the the teachers, the it's good to see my own students. It's yeah. good for yeah. me in there and all those things. Uh, and I, that was great, but I wasn't seeing a return unless at least I, I didn't feel like I was seeing a return on my investment. Right. So to me, that was brand advertising. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, so I was Pepsi, I was Coke, I was spending rather than money, I was spending my time being the brand of my school, getting in front of everybody that I possibly could get in front of so that I could be known more. Because I thought, well, if a teacher has a parent-teacher conference and says, you know, look, your child needs some self-discipline or they need some focus or whatever, I know a, a, a guy that can help you with that. Right, right. That, what I thought would happen more so than what it did. Mm-hmm. Now I know you've done school speeches, those type of things in the past. And I want to talk about that as, as one of the marketing strategies, but not the only marketing strategy. Right. Would you agree with that? You had similar or same results. 
I definitely, I, I have never ever been able to tap into the school market in my area. They're very protective and maybe not so much where my school is located now, my second location now that's the headquarters and I switched it over, but more so my main headquarters was in the town that I grew up up and, and grew up in and went to school at and graduated, right? They would not let us anywhere near the students. However, though, it pisses me off, but it, it made me smile was uh, one of our guests that we interviewed is uh, she and Mike Bogdansky actually f came out from Putnam, New York, uh, you know, in Connecticut or Putnam, Connecticut. And he actually did a speech at my high school, literally a quarter mile from my school. Um, he just got in and it was a connection. But for some reason, being that I ran a school in that area, they wouldn't let me in the door. Wow. I don't know. I don't know if I turned someone off or maybe, um, they looked at your high school record. Yeah, yeah. They looked at my email. Oh, definitely. That would have definitely kept me out of the the school system. But uh, I think though that it was because they knew that I'd be trying to make get students out of it. So they mm -hmm. like fought that tooth and nail, which I just didn't understand. So, yeah. So, um, but I I stopped school speeches years ago when I had switched over to what I want to talk about today. One of the one of the marketing strategies. But that being said. I am going back to offering school speeches again this year. Mm. And so one of the one of the things that I'm going to do is I have a letter that I'm drafting up that I'm going to give to all of my students and say, hey, you know, give this to your teacher. And if you, you know, would like me to come in and speak to your your school or your classroom right. type of thing. And then give them some uh, different speech topics that, that I operate on and, you know, obviously let them know that there's more topics. So I am going to get back in. I'm going to start doing more school speeches than I were was before. Cause there's a whole, like it's, sh it's shifted. There's, there's a whole bunch of new teachers <laughs> in our, in our community. You know, there's a lot more new teachers than I remember the old guard and now there's a new guard that I need to get familiar with. So yeah. that's the way that I'm going to get familiar with them. Awesome. Awesome. So, on top of that, we've talked about this before in previous podcasts, but on top of that, um, our, um, a, our, our martial arts character development field trips. Yeah, those are amazing. Yeah. So um, here's what I did. And, and uh, I created a cover letter. So I went through all the websites of all the schools wrote down all, I created an Excel spreadsheet, all the names, obviously the name of the school, the name of the teacher address, that type of stuff. And then um, I, this is my own handwriting, but it's printed out. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, you can. It's kind okay. of small, but you could see it. Yeah. So I put it on yellow. It's yellow paper. You know, the yellow line yeah, yeah, paper, like, yep, like the yellow notepad. Yeah. So this is all my handwriting, but it's in print form. So it was all printed, even with my signature and everything. And then basically, you know, it says, dear, whatever their name is, you know, I, I hope you had a wonderful summer. Are you ready for the 2020, the 20, 2023, 24 school year? Are you excited? I hope so. And then it goes on uh, a little bit more introducing myself. And then um, I created a booklet and it's just, a you know, you fold it over. It's one sheet. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's a booklet that I'm going to put inside of the manila folder. Great. 
right? And the, the booklet is on the field trips and how it's a free field trip for them, yada, yada, yada. And then I to make some lumpy mail, I created a, a, a pen mm -hmm. with our logo on it with a, um, it's got our field trip website address mm -hmm. on there, but then it also has a quote and it says, you know, um, uh, it's the teacher that makes the difference, not the classroom. Right. Nice. So I, I took only 20 of them to the post office. I want to mail them. So the guy at the post office says, well, it's got a, a pen in it. It can't run through the system. You've got to put this type of stamp on. It's going to cost you a, a buck six, mm -hmm. you know, each one. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know? And so I mail it, come back the next day. I'm going to do another 20. Cause I don't want them all to show up at every single school all at right. once. I want to drip them. Right. And so uh, I go to a different post office in my town and the, the, the guy says, well, this is going to be close to five bucks hmm. each. I go, what? He goes, yeah. I said, well, let me think about it. And I thought, okay, he probably just didn't know what he's talking about. So I go back to the other one, the one I was there the day before. And she echoed that same thing. It's going to cost about five bucks each. And I'm like, well, there was a gentleman here yesterday and it was a dollar six. And she said, well, that's completely wrong. The weight of it, the measurements, it's a buck. It's a, it's just under $5 for wow. each of them. I said, well, there is no, I'm thinking I've got what, almost close to 150 of them right. that I was going to mail out. There's no way I'm going to mail out 150 of them wow. for, for that price. So all that to say that I'm still putting them all together. I'm just going to go and deliver them right. to the school and say, hey, this is a gift for the teachers, you know, for starting school. I want to encourage them and, and drop them off. So, you know what, though, let me just give you a tip, though, Mark. And when you do mass mailing, there are a few different ways to mail media. And if you do it as media, which is marketing, advertising, there's some cheaper ways to send oh, yeah? it out depending on the content. So definitely ask them. Always say, what's the cheapest way to do this? Is media marketing cheaper than regular mail? Because first class postage is always very expensive. But if you do media marketing or I forget what it is. If it's not marketing, it's just media. It's usually a lot less expensive. So that's how I mail out our tournament packets. I do mm. it the cheapest route, which is around $1.49 or something like that. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I can. I just wanted them to get it in the mail. Yeah, it's a nice but thing. I, I, can, I can drop them off. I mean, yeah. the, the front desk is going to have to sift, sort, and screen them anyways. Right. You know, either way, whether they come through the mail or not. So I figured, well, this will save me a little bit of money. But yeah. Um, this should boost our martial arts field trips mm -hmm. for this year. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's fantastic though. I've always been like, and listen, I'm listening to you and I want to be honest with the listeners. I'm hearing in my head, Hey, you know, Ali doesn't want to do this stuff. Like he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to do field trips. I certainly absolutely without a shadow of a doubt do not want to go to schools and do school speeches or special guest visits i wish i had someone that i could send that would definitely be i love what you do i give you so much credit for that but i love your field trip idea because that is different they're bussing to you that i could do like they're coming to you there the teachers are coming the students are coming can you explain a little bit more about that yeah, absolutely. So um, a teacher will book a field trip, or at least they'll go on the website. And if anybody wants to look at the website, just go to uh, tristarfieldtrips.com. So T-R-I-S-T-A-R, field trips, plural, 
I think it's plural. Look it up for me if you would. I will. <laughs> sure. uh, if it's not plural, then it's singular. I'll um I'll look it up while you're chatting, and then I will okay. put it in the link uh, of the of the page. Okay. But anyways, uh, I, I had an epiphany. Um, so I was talking to my friend Dion Ricardo at the time, and he had it was really his baby with regards to the martial arts field trips. And he's like, Dwayne, you know, our target market is, is in the school system. We do all these speeches, but we don't get stuff. And even if you right. pass stuff out, yeah, it's just brand marketing. Yeah. Um, and what, what we should do as martial arts school owners is not, not that we shouldn't do some brand marketing, right. Uh, especially ones that don't cost us money, but only mm -hmm. cost us time, even though that that is one and the same, uh, but it's a little bit different, but we should do direct response marketing. Right. And so in order to do direct response marketing, you want to create something that somebody's interested in. They raise their hand and then you send them the information, right? right. And then you follow up with them. That's in a, in a nutshell, what direct response marketing mm -hmm. is. So by having a captive audience, getting the, the teacher to, raise their hand and say, yep, we'd like to do it. We want to bring two classrooms or three classrooms. I tell them how many I can, you know, handle up to, I think we, we, we can do up to 70, 70 or 80 kids, uh, in one sitting, bring them into the studio. Um, and there are three character traits that we teach them as we go through, um, a, a, a two hour class with them. Okay. But the thing is that all the parents have to sign a waiver in order for the kid to come in. Well, what right. does that do? That gives us all the information that we need to follow up with that parent. Right, right. Now, prior to Spark, you know, one of our sponsors, Spark membership, uh, we had, you know, a an actual sheet of paper. It was a half sheet of paper that they had to sign and fill out and then give back to the teacher. The teacher would bring it in on, on field trip day and then I would have my program director spend time typing it all in, putting them into the automation to send it all out, mm -hmm. start following up with them with, at the time, this was back when we first started at the time, it was uh, a phone call. This was before we even text message. It was a phone call with a phone script. It was a, uh, a postcard. Uh, like there was drip things that were happening. Right. And so now with Spark, the nice thing is, you know, much a bunch of it's automated. We still do a telephone call or a couple of telephone calls in that automation mm -hmm. uh, process because, you know, that's you need to make some physical contact, not just send them emails and text right. messages. But I, now I have a list. So by doing that, I have parents that are signing their information and bringing, you know, the, the teachers are bringing the kids in. And we have it as one of the rules is we need one adult chaperone per 10 participants. Okay. So that usually brings in seven or eight parents alongside the teachers. Right. So then the parents get a firsthand opportunity to see what the heck is going on. What is the school all about? Right. All of those things. Mm -hmm. Not to mention we, we capitalize on the list. Now, when right. we first started, it, it was a three hour, um, uh, field trip where we actually fed them pizza and everything. I had a, a, a pizza company that I worked with. We've now pared it down. It's only a two hours, no pizza. Really, it's about an hour and a half, maybe about an hour and 20 minutes of the actual activity. Right. And the other time was spent with a game at the end. And then obviously in the beginning, the first five minutes is a setup. 
And then the last 10 minutes uh, is, you know, allowing them to get their shoes and socks back on their coat if it's winter time and, you know, line them up at the door for the bus to pick them up. Right. Awesome. So, yeah. So it's like, it, it's like clockwork. And by the way, the website, was it plural or singular? It was plural. So I, I looked it up. I put it in the feed in, in our chat and uh, it has it on there. Martial art field trip tip. Oh, TriStar field trip. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Tri, TriStar karate. Uh, but it's, um, TriStarFieldTripsWithAnS.com. Yeah, and then that's just a forwarding address. It just goes to our right. our regular website. Right. So. Yeah, but. I I love like I I I love the concept of getting people into your facility that they get to you know because you go to a school you know they're in between lunch and gym or whatever class they're doing. Um, you do your thing, you work your magic. It's like the dog and pony show. You're on stage, you do a great performance. And now somehow you have to have so much impact on that kid that it stays with them for the rest of the day. And then goes, maybe you give them, you're allowed to, if you are to give a flyer or a pen with the name on it. Or, and you hope that the kids like, look, I went to blah, 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 or somebody came in and they did that. And um, I want to join, you know, that there's a big distance, I think, from from you being there to the closing or getting them to come in. So I think the one thing that I would suggest to whoever can, uh, you know, if their schools will allow them is to see if they'll allow you to send a flyer home or for them to send out, uh, put it in the school newsletter or for them to send it, you know, themselves, you know, out with the, you know, with the kids in their backpack and then also have the teachers try to help you. I know in our school system, I don't know about yours, that if a teacher recommends a kid an ac activi activity, an after-school activity, then the school's liable to pay for it. Mm. So they're very leery of saying, hey, you should join martial arts, you know, or you should go to this school, or here's a gift card or whatever. Um, I used to always leave gift cards with the teachers and say, hey, give this month free month out. To whatever, use it as a reward to the best five or the kids that you think could use it and uh, and push push it for them to help you, you know, have a better student in your class. Yeah. So um, what we do is a couple of things for all the teachers and all the parents that come and help. Um, I've got four books that I've written. And so I have books there and I let them pick which one they want. I give them a free right. book. Um, and then all the kids, as they're walking out, we have little passes for uh, a four-week free trial right. that we give them. Mm. So on their way out, we give them those four-week free passes as well. So not only are they going to get followed up through email, text message, phone calls, those type of things. Right. And, you know, look, some people say uh, we already do martial arts somewhere else. Right. Right. And then we take them off the automation. Right. Uh, some people say we're not interested. So we take them off mm -hmm. the automation. Correct. But those that don't, of course, we're following up with them. Yeah. Continuously. Continuously. And that goes into more than, and we talked about this before, but I just want to broaden everybody's horizon that, that don't see it this way. Just because they didn't take you up on that offer doesn't mean one that they won't ever take you up on an offer to try out your martial arts school again. Yeah. But even if that's the case, there are so many other activities that should be happening in your school 
that give them opportunity to get involved. Right. Do you want to go over some of those activities? Yeah, I mean, it could be anything, anything from a parents' night out to summer camp to uh, a great, like a, a a celebration, like a yearly celebration that you may do, or or tournaments or movie nights or whatever it may be. Uh, keep sending that out to everybody on your list. You never know. And by the way, we, I don't know, if, did we do a, uh, a, I think it was on my other podcast, the sister podcast with Gus, where we had an email marketing expert come in and you're know, like, mm-hmm. e- to me, email, I thought was kind of dead and you know, he, this is how he makes his living. So after that, I did a test run of about like three months of sending out emails and I was getting a great open rate where people were reading the emails, people that hadn't trained with me in 10 years that were still interested in hearing what I had to say. Now, I wasn't marketing. I was talking about five self-defense tips, health, health tips, you know, uh, how to relax and get rid of stress, things like that and so on. So but as you get them to listen, maybe their mind starts to open up. And and by the way, they might not even need it themselves anymore, but they might have a cousin, neighbor, friend, relative that they're going to you know, recommend you to. No, totally agree. Front, you just don't have mind oh, awareness. Yeah, you don't know how long that spider web uh, can be. I know, yeah. like, so when I, I first got married, I was in a pigeonhole. Like, I had pigeonholed myself. I knew a lot of people, but I never made connections with people. And the right. fact that, you know, this person knows this person, yeah. yada, yada, yada. And once I got married, my wife was like, oh, yeah, they are friends with so-and-so and such-and-such. Or they're related to this person and that mm-hmm. person. And she remembers all that stuff yeah. really, really well. I told her one time, I go, my gosh, you know, it's, it's like we live in a, a town of a bunch of inbreds. Like yeah. I didn't realize that everybody, everybody was connected like this. They are. And it's kind of weird too. Like when, you know, that old game with what was it? Seven steps of Kevin Bacon. I, I forget. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Where like you name a movie and within seven steps, they could always connect one actor who to another actor who was in a movie with Kevin Bacon. Right. And, and that actually has been proven genetically that within, you know, six to eight steps that people are somehow always connected genetically through family line. And, and you'll find that if you just look deep enough. So that, you know, that goes back to like referrals. You know, when you ask people if they know anyone, they'll say no. But meanwhile, they know so many people if they only know where to look for the people. Yeah, exactly. So the um, the martial arts field trips, anybody has any questions on it, reach out to me. You know, if you want to implement it, let me know. I've got a whole um, uh, like uh, a whole plan. Like I have right. uh, my my curriculum. It's all written out, even the less like the 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 what we do from this time to this time, the mat chats, all of that. Great. It's so systematized. The nice thing about it is I do the majority of them, but my head instructor, Mr. Bean has done plenty of them before this year. I'm going to get my, my next man coming up, uh, you know, involved with them so that I can start teaching him how to do it. So that way, you know, when we have a physical location for our second, our second location, he knows how to do them, feels comfortable with them without me. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that too. And I think that's a big problem for many schools where they don't have a team they, they, and they don't take the time. Like you're, you're thinking ahead, like I'm going to build this guy up and that guy up to do it. Right. You're, you're already training, explaining, getting them to be a part of it. And I think that a lot of school owners are short sighted in that regard. They have to be a certain level in their mind that they're, you know, they're own, only these people are able to do it, or I don't have anyone who can do it. And they, they kind of shoot themselves in the foot quite often. So I love that you're 
training others to kind of fill that spot so you don't have to do it yourself. Well, and I had to come to the realization that, yes, in my mind, nobody can do it as good as me. Right. But if I'm able to train somebody to do it 80% to as good as I think that I'm actually. Right then that's going to be sufficient enough. And it's not to say that they actually, that they wouldn't en- eventually be better than me. But what I'm saying is that I, in my mind, I think I'm this here. And so if I can get somebody up to be 80% of where I, in my mind I am, then, then we're. Well, yeah. And, and you're being humble though, when you say in my mind, you're, you're here and there, there. But I think though, that you have a certain set of standards on the systems that you built and you know them, you made them, you've developed them, you've worked on them over the years. So now we just got to get people to actually be able to do replicate what we do. And I, I find that's a hard thing these days. I, I don't know why it's so hard, but uh, people will listen to you and only hear a portion of what you say. Um, and they're going to go out and do what they remembered you said. And that's probably going to be a third of what you wanted them to do. So here's the thing, though. Like, I remember John Gason, who we've interviewed before. He runs a school down in Tampa and in Chicago, I think, or in Illinois. Spring- Springfield, yeah. Right. And um, he, he told me a story once he was talking to a Hoist Gracie, who's his teacher. And Hoist uh, had said to him, uh, you know, how many times do you teach the choke? And he said, oh, over and over. He goes, do you think at a certain point they got it? He goes, no, we always tweak it. We adjust it. We fix it. We make it better. He goes, so what do you think? A hundred, 200, 300 times before they've gotten it down pretty darn good. And he's like, yeah. He goes, why don't you do that with your employees? Yeah. Right. Cause we kind of give them the info, teach them the info, push the info across the table and expect them to perform. Um, and then I think we do feel a little embarrassed when we're trying to look for them to prove themselves and remind themselves and, you know, and stay on top of it and do certification and be better at it. Right. So, I mean, but we don't feel bad about that when it comes to uh, their, their belt level. Right. We want them to remember their white belt techniques when they're a black belt, but not all of them do. So we have to constantly drill it and train it. And that's the same thing with building these people up. Like you had just said, you're going to do with your, your system. Yep, absolutely. Um, and then, so the, the, anything else on martial arts field trips you have questions about or anything before How, we move on? To I do have one other question. So like once they do the field trip and you have their info and then you market to them, do you give them a special, a deal, uh, a, you know, like for, to get them in the door, are they getting the one month free or whatever you're promoting? Yeah. So uh, it's a series of, again, text messages, phone calls, emails, those type of things with regards to a, uh, an opportunity since they came, you know, uh, to get the, the, the four week free trial. Now, that being said, I don't know if you remember, I said that there are three character traits that we, that we teach, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the system. So, you know, one of the first emails that go out just talks about the first character trait, what we talked about and says, Hey, make sure that you ask, Johnny, you know, about having a whatever takes attitude and what it yeah. means to uh, what it means to them. This would be a great dinner uh, table conversation. Uh, yeah. And then the next email does the same thing where it, it goes over the second one. It's having an attitude of gratitude. Now, these three attitudes that we talk about all came from the Kovar system. Right. So uh, but having an attitude of gratitude and then said so basically the email says, you know, we talked to your child about having an attitude of gratitude. This is what we referred to. Um, ask them what they're grateful for. 
Right. You know, that'd be a great dinner conversation. And then lastly, the, uh, the next one is uh, being a good finder, trying to find the good. So, you know, telling them, Hey, why don't you ask your child what, what was good about today? You know, that happened to you today. Right. You know, so the emails aren't just, Hey, here's a free trial. Here's a free trial. Here's a free right, trial. Right, right, we right, really right. go back to those. And then there is for the teachers that set these up, we also have a, a an email and text messaging following up uh, follow up system for them, mm-hmm. where it just re educates them on the things that have gone over and saying, hey, if you know if you have time in your class, bring up about having a whatever it takes attitude and ask your, you know, ask your classroom, you know who you know who's going to have a whatever it takes attitude today. All right, let's right. focus on that as we learn today, and then having an attitude of gratitude. Who's what, who, what are you grateful for, you know, this week or whatever it is. Right, and then right. same thing with the good finder. So we're marketing and following up with not only just the parents, but then also the teachers as well. And then with the teachers, of course, they are tagged correctly in our system so that we know that they're a teacher so that we can reinvite them again next year when it's time right. to do another field trip with us. Mm, I love it. Yeah. And hopefully that teacher will have new, I mean, obviously they're going to have a new school year, new, you know, group of students. And if they're, if they loved what they did with you, they're just going to keep on doing it. Plus it gives them a, a break in their routine and it, you know, frees up their schedule somewhat so that they could bring them to you. That's what happens. We actually have a camp that uh, it's called tutor time in our area. That's like a daycare summer camp. And they bring their kids every day to kind of like a different place. So they contracted me and they come in on Thursday for like an hour and a half, two hours, and they do class with us. So, you know, of course that turns into a bus ride and a there and back. And it kills a lot of time for the counselors where they don't have to really do anything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to, just to show uh, a, a appreciation to the teachers is, is a nice thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So, and then when you create that list of teachers, you, you then can, when something comes up, cause this isn't always automated, but when something comes up or you learn something or something inspires you, you can always send it uh, a text message to all those teachers and say, Hey, educators, I, you know, I just, uh, Hey, educator, I just saw this thought about, you know, you as a teacher. And I thought this might be something that would be interesting to you and, and do that periodically um, when it hits you. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Very cool. So some spontaneous things, if that makes sense. It definitely does. Like, I think that the biggest problem with businesses is inconsistency in marketing, right? You know, we, we think about martial arts schools. If you think about in, in seasons, it's, you know, spring, summer, fall, holidays, new year, right? That's the thing. And, you know, we have to look at it. Like I just pulled up the difference, uh, like our calendar from now until the end of the year, we have uh, Labor Day coming up, Columbus Day, Veterans Day, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, right? For that's These are all things that we could be talking about promoting on as well. And I know you wanted to talk about uh, other ways to have a killer end of year and back to school season. Yeah. Uh, do you remember when we had interviewed um, <clears throat> Michael St. John from Action Karate? Mm, yes. Yeah. And I didn't find, was it Michael St. John? I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. I think so. Yeah. That was Matthew Brennan. Right. And or maybe it was Matthew Brennan. I think it was his brother though. 
that we interviewed. So what, we we might have interviewed someone else, but they were from Action Karate. Yeah. Yeah. So who was that? I forget. I don't. We've done so many podcasts. What is this? Our three hundred and fifty fifth podcast or six today? Yeah, how do you spell Brennan? B R E N N A N, I believe. B R E N N A N. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see it. All right. The reason I brought it up, but anyways, it was somebody from Action Karate, and they had spoke about. I don't. I want to call it maybe adopting a school. But right. remember when it was, was it was definitely Matthew Brenner. It's Brenner. B E R E N N E R. Say that again. B R E N N E R. Double N E R. E N N E R. All right. Yeah, I was just trying to find that podcast. But anyways, I'm going to find it. And I want to re-listen to it. So, but anyhow, he had talked about, I would, let's just call it adopting a school. Right. But basically uh, taking one school, getting in contact with that school. I have, I'm going to have a hard time with this one. But uh, finding out how many, you know, teachers, administrators, just employees that are in that school. Right. And then buying coffee and donuts for that school that week, mm -hmm. you know, for all those educators. Right. I have no problem buying coffee. It's the donuts I have a problem with. Yeah. Uh, I, I create more clients for me that way, but <laughs> yeah, you know, but anyhow, you know, doing, doing that and then going through uh, all the schools that I'm going to do, if I just do one a week, that'll, that'll fill up, you know, the first two months of, of the school year for me. Right. Yeah. I, I love I love that too. It's like it, it look. It's a it's a grand PR campaign, right? Where you're you're you you want people to know you. You want to know them. You want to get to know their needs, and you want to be able to supply a solution for their problems, questions, or situations, right? And uh, that would be great if you could get in on the school systems. Like we used to, uh, we used to have a thank you note that we would send out. It was kind of cool. I've, I got to dig it out. We had an envelope that had like 10 different languages and it was different languages written. Thank you. You know, muchas gracias, arigato, things like that. Right. And on it, it said, thank you to the teacher. And then in it, we would give a, a thank you to the teacher for being a great teacher and helping educate our children. We also put in free passes and offer to, um, you know, to come to the classroom and do a meeting if they ever need us and so on. And then we'd have every one of our school uh, students bring them to their school teachers. So there's just another way of trying to tap into it. And I used to do a lot of school visits that way. However, I, I, I can't say that I ever got a ton of students from it. Occasionally I'd get one, two or three. That's when I started looking at my time and saying, am I spending my time wisely? Could I put more time into something that's more uh, connected? So I personally stopped doing those type of school visits. Plus I'm, you know, as I get older, I, you know, my time is more precious to me and, you know, I'd rather be relaxing than going to put, you know, but, but I would tell my clients to do it, push hard, stop whining, get out there and get it done. Right. So like, I just have a, a different phase in my life right now. Um, although, um, I'm, I'm back and forth, I'm shifting back in and out of it. Look, uh, I, I know once I'm there doing it, I enjoy it. 
And I know that it's beneficial. So like, even for instance, I have a, I do have a field trip coming up on Thursday. It is a daycare that are bringing their kids over to the field trip this, you know, this week. And, um, I know the amount and effort that I'm going to need to put in on that day for that field trip, but I know the results of a field trip for me. You know what I mean? So it's going to be well worth it. Even, even though I don't, I don't know that I want to spend my time doing it. Um, yeah. I have to. I hear you. I know. And that's the thing. You have to. It. All these things are absolutely necessary. So like when I when I coach and I have a, you know, a select group of coaching clients that I work with, I, I will always say to them, you know, like, and then a lot of them will respond. They'll go, I don't have the time. I, you know, I don't have the bandwidth. I, you know, I'm too burnt out. Um, but I will say to them, listen, you have to find the time. You got to you gotta go out there and do it. Because back when I and you first opened our schools, um, we did everything you could possibly do. There was no rock unturned in my town where I wasn't marketing on. Bus, buses, I had billboards on the bus seats and the bus terminals on the back of receipts. And, and uh, you know, all of that grassroots kind of hard print marketing a lot of it I don't think really even works now, but at the same time, there's a lot of things that we could be doing that doesn't take much effort at all that will bring us people in. Like, for example, on my desk in my lobby, I have a bucket filled with uh, VIP passes for one month free. So every time a parent comes in and they talk about, hey, do you have a, you know, can we bring our friend? I say, take 20 of those passes. And then periodically, quarterly, we will do student drives to get more students in the door. And we'll get all the students to hand them out to their friends. Everyone who comes in, it ties into our referral program and all that stuff. So I think those, you know, VIP passes, holiday passes coming up. You know, you have a Halloween party, you know, a Halloween passes where you could get them printed. In fact, my company does really inexpensive, cool passes. You could buy like 2,500 of them for real cheap and you get just give them to every student. You know, it's funny, Dwayne. I have some schools that will go, well, I only got like one or two people out of it. It wasn't worth it. I'm going like, well, one or two people. Number one, one or two people probably is worth three thousand dollars in student tuition value, but those two people might refer another one or two people. So you got actually four for your efforts. Isn't that worth it financially? Like if you ran an ad in the paper, you'd want to have a hundred people call you, but if you only got two that signed up, it's still paid for the cost of advertising and you did well with it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you got to spend money to make money, don't you? Yeah. I think though that a lot of times people don't understand that concept. Because they, if they're going to commit, <coughs> commit to a marketing campaign, commit to me doing Google, uh, you know, ads for them, they want to see results every single month for the money spent, or else they feel that they're wasting their money. When the reality is that you got to do stuff consistently for it to pan out, so that you benefit it, benefit from it in in the future. Well, okay, so I, I'm putting 150 of these um, packets together. Right. Right. I bought 200 pens. My 200 pens cost me, I think it was 200. Let me see order details. 130, $133.81. Right. I'm looking it up right now. Let's see. Um, okay. It doesn't give me the quantity at the moment. I, I'd have to look in. I think it was 150 pens. 
So okay. otherwise, it was 200 pens, but whatever it was, $133 and, 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 and 81 cents. Right. After buying all of the <laughs> manila envelopes and doing all the printing, you know, I'm not factoring in my time. Right. You know, because I'm, I'm handwriting these envelopes. You can see this yeah, box yeah. back here. Right? Yeah. I'm handwriting these envelopes. Mm hmm. So, and I could have my staff do it, but I want my handwriting with, which is on the uh, yellow sheet as well. Right. I want it to all be congruent. So anyways, uh, all said and done, it probably is going to be close to like right now it's about $253 and some change. Yeah. Is, is where I'm at. Yeah. I just need one person to join. That would cover 10 of those marketing campaigns. If you had one person join, right. You know, like, you know, so, so and, and I love the fact, too, by the way, just so you know, statistically, when we send out my last tournament that I sent out 150 envelopes to all the schools, I hand wrote the return address and the regular address. And uh, my partners were saying, like, why don't you just send it with a label? I said, no, no, watch how much more open rate I get. And I did. My yeah. tournament was packed. Like at the last tournament, we sent stuff out. People are saying, oh, I didn't get your mailing. I didn't see it, yada, 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 because it didn't look personal enough to them. Handwritten letters, sometimes even just the name and address uh, makes a big difference. If you could print so that it looks handwritten, that's even better. But, um, you know, like one of the labels that you peel off and stick, they're not as personal. No, it's a huge difference. That's why uh, my card company that I use, it has my handwriting. And that's where I got this from because right. I was able to... They, they once you put it yeah. in there, you're able to uh, uh, get it as a font and put it on oh, your computer. Great. Um, but they uh, my, so all of my birthday cards to all my students or any cards like I'll see things on on Facebook and pull stuff off and congratulate right. somebody on their award at school or whatever. Yeah. And I get to put it in the card. My handwriting's in there and it. send it off. Yeah. And that gets people keep those. They do. Like a handwritten note, like I remember one of my black belts, he trained with me for like 25 years. He doesn't train any longer, but we still stay in touch. He has everything, even sticky notes that I wrote to him, he saved them. And my teacher too, I have all my notes from my teacher, handwritten notes, things that he wrote on a napkin to show me the lineage and then he'd crumble the napkin up and throw it away, but I'd grab it and flatten it out and put it in my book. Like, so that stuff means a lot. That personal communication, I think, is very, very important that we tend to overlook that because we get caught up in the, hey, modernization, let's do it efficiently. Let's do it the quickest. Let's do it the most efficient way. Sometimes that just doesn't cut it. So I yeah. like what you're doing. I think that that's awesome. And I would just encourage us as martial arts school owners to really think about, you know, who has access to the students that we want. Right. And how can we uh, collaborate with them in a way that we also get access to that list right. in a moral, morally and ethical way? Right. But how can we do that? There's so much of that going on around us that we don't even realize. Like everyone that we know, every student that we have has a parent or two that may have a connection to some group or list, or, you know, they're a coach for the team, the soccer team, baseball, football, or the wife does Girl Scouts, or the husband does Boy Scouts, or um, they own a company that they, if we should ask, that should be very important to ask them if they could spread the word for us. And by the way, that's something that I teach them when we talk about our referral program, I teach parents where to look because you're right, they sometimes they don't know and they could they have access to such vast lists. 
I'll tell you a quick story. Like you never know who you know, right? So I had um back in the day, we're talking 20 something years ago, I was wanting to act in TV shows and things like that. So at the end of my class, I mentioned it to my students. Oh, I'm going to go and try to do an audition tomorrow for TV. And um, the guy, the guy said to me, oh, you, you want to act? My student, I'm like, yeah, I would love to. He goes, oh, I'm the casting director for Guiding Light Soap Opera. I'm like, he goes, would you like to be on the show? I go, yeah, I would love to audition. He says, no, no, would you like to be on the show? And I'm like, yeah, he goes, give me your headshots. If you have them here, I'll just put it on the, the guy's thing. You'll be on next week. And I got on like three episodes of Guiding Light from him because the connection, he, he's the guy, right? But I didn't know that. Like, and you know, like, you know, so you never know who you're sitting with. Like you might have the, the most incredible influencer uh, in, your, in your dojo and you might not know it or a parent who's a marketing guru and expert in your dojo. So I think that that's important to try to find out what's going on around you. Even if you send out a questionnaire or you ask them when they sign up, what they do for a living, what their expertise is, if, if you have any synergistic opportunities between you, all of what I'm mentioning though, takes a lot of work, but you know, that's what we need to do if we want to succeed and really kill it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would just encourage the listeners to think of ways that, you know, that you're, that you used to use because right. some of us get in that where we just don't use it anymore. Right. That you used to use to get into the school systems that you have never used to get in the school systems and really try to, um, you know, really try to utilize that. And this for me with the martial arts field trips really sets up for my April because in April we do a teacher appreciation awards night. Mm-hmm. And so we bring in, the students bring in their teacher or their right. favorite teacher of that right. year. Right. And we award them. And we can talk about that later. We've talked about that in previous podcasts, but we could, you know, we could hit it again next year. But that also creates me more of a list of teachers to market to for the yeah. martial arts field trips. So it mm-hmm. just, it works synergistically all around throughout the whole year, if that makes sense. It does. Have you ever thought of, and I don't know if this would even be feasible, but have you ever thought of maybe going to the higher co- like colleges and places like that? Do you think they're too old for that? Or like for them to come and, and you know, as a group or, or do a self-defense program? I used to teach a program for a local college here. I, actually, I started my school in the local college and then opened up my first location. But it was... Uh, it was something that I've got my 10 most uh, incredibly core students from it, from that program. So can we maybe reach out to colleges too, see if they need you to come in and do women's self-defense or uh, conflict resolution or whatever. Um, that's another market I think that we maybe are ignoring as well. And then with those, would you charge them? Um, you could, I'm sure they have a budget, right? But if they're private clubs maybe not, um, then they might not have a budget, but I think if the school system has a budget, they, they would probably pay you for your time. Cause I have, um, I just got off the phone today uh, with uh, an individual. They, they work at one of the behavior modification schools here Hmm. in our area. And I've taught her, um, her daughter martial arts before. Oh, okay. And they're looking to do a martial arts program there for, for, uh, what is it? Um, grade six through 12, these kids have gotten kicked out of school. Oh, okay. 
And so there's some behavior things, there's some mental things, there's, some, you know, D all the above. I mean, they're not special ed, but they, 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 they should have an IEP, but they, but they don't. Right. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. And uh, so we're negotiating right now in, you know, the time frame, the amount of money, those type of things, just like I do. I didn't do it last year, but almost every year I do a, a Head Start program where I go in and I teach uh, in their PE class. Right. And uh, I end up, you know, spending the whole day there. But but that is a lucrative uh, yeah. opportunity for me. And I think, too, we miss out on a whole nother. And by the way, this is kind of like a double step or triple step opportunity where we could maybe do some educational training for school teachers and the, not necessarily going in and teaching the kids, but actually teaching the, the you know, the teachers. Because there are a lot of techniques that we use that, by the way, I have a lot of educators in my school, parents that their kids are my students. And they're, I don't want to say they're clueless, but they don't have a big arsenal of tools that they've been taught on how to deal with, you know, a disguising repetition or getting kids motivated or keeping them focused or whatever it may be. And a lot of what we do on a day-to-day basis is just such a great thing for them. So that's another area that we could be teaching. Like I, it's a, it's a tough it, thing now. I I have a friend who just said he just taught. Uh, he actually has a camp today too, but he taught yesterday. He had like a hundred kids in whatever program. It's like a YMCA slash PAL program. Um, and he said it's difficult now. It's way more difficult to teach kids than it was ten years ago. Maybe it's attention span or lack of motivation or lack of respect or focus, but it's harder. I do think it's it's harder. Yeah, I would say it's probably D, all those. Yeah, absolutely. It's all the above. I mean, yeah. don't you find that in, in your school now? The uh, uh, Discipline, attention, all of those things are, oh, dude, are more of an obstacle. Every day I'm reminded of why I want to retire, but I do love what I'm doing so much that I don't retire. But I mean, I'm being a little sarcastic with that. But I would say that just teaching um, the majority of people, I mean, we're talking kids through adults. They don't have that drive, that focus, that that attention span. Um, they're not able to see things. Like I had a kid yesterday, though. He was amazing. He was like 10 years old. Like the kid, and I have a, a few two-year-olds that are really good too, that could actually, I go opposite leg and they'll switch legs and, you know, or the other hand and they'll go, I know it sounds like a simple request, like, no, not that hand, the other hand. And then they'll just do the same hand over and over again. I have some really little ones that understand opposite leg, opposite hand, the other hand, but I have some 12 and 13 or 14 year olds that are frozen in it's analysis paralysis. They're frozen in indecision. Like, what do you mean other hand? And they're, you know, I'm like, you got two choices, buddy, just two, because that one's not right. So what's your other choice? And they still don't get it. And I, I, I don't know if it's a, a phenomenon right now, what's going on with our youth and, or it has to do with, you know, um, you know, uh, electronics and everything is mentally processed differently than physically processed. There's a lot. There was a study just recently. I saw where a guy, a young kid interviewed half of his high school classmates in his school and he was holding a clock and asked him to tell time. And like a good 60% of them didn't know how to tell time. Yeah. But that's yeah, that's digital. Us, that's us failing our kids, as oh, parents and, and teachers. But you know, mostly parents. Yeah. No. Totally. Totally. Right? So. Yeah. Well, well that was- uh, I, I can't wait till uh, our next 
next uh, podcast yeah. to uh, kind of dive into um, this next topic for September, what we're doing. And, and uh, yeah. we had great success last year uh, on it. So I, I look forward to, to next Next yeah, time. I'll dig out my 30 back to school ideas and so that we can rattle them off and discuss them quickly so that people have like an entire list of things that they could be doing to remember it's August already, right? This podcast is coming out. It's August 9th. Um, that means you have September, October, November, December, a half of December because you're usually closed. Um, so um, we have, you know, what, uh, you know, September, uh, you know, maybe We'll, we'll consider we have two weeks left in August, right? So we have August, September, October, November, December. So maybe four and a half months, right? To really kick our butts in gear to get things going. And it can be done. Like I have a client that started, we built in one year. He's got a, oh, he, he started school from scratch from in one year since we started coaching from the build process to the running process is just le- yesterday was his anniversary. He has 85 or, or I think 88 students already. Um, he just did a summer camp with 17 or 18 kids. There's like over 12 grand in billing. Um, you know, small school growing real quick and rapidly because he's doing everything correctly. And I'm super excited that that, those, that technology is out there. You and I share so much info that probably worth millions. No, agreed. Agreed. Awesome, dude. So, Very all right. cool. All right. I'll t- and I'll, when, I come, when we come back for our next podcast, I'll, I'm, I'll be fresh off of going to the uh, Spark uh, Ignite convention down in Florida. So, yeah. I'm, yeah. Well, fill me in on that, too. I will. You got it. All right, buddy. Good seeing you. I'll see you later, everybody. Nice Take you. care. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Learn Talk podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out Elite Insights for all your website needs. They can be reached at EliteInsights.com. Add Health Coaching, helping school owners create a new and easy to implement revenue stream for your school. Visit AdHealthCoaching.com. Lead Hunter Media, your online digital marketer and content provider. Visit leadhuntermedia.com. Academy Kings Growth Consulting and Management Group. They can be reached at academykings.com. And Spark Membership, hands down the best martial arts software for school owner management on the planet. They can be reached at sparkmembership.com. We will see you next time.